Good day, everyone. Hope everyone's doing well. Welcome to election season. This is our first hot take. It's uh, going to be a weekly thing where we just check in on the week in politics and election 2021 coverage. So without further ado, let's get into this. Just before we get too far into this today, I want to take a moment to just acknowledge my biases. I think when it comes to any honest conversation, we have to acknowledge biases everywhere and own it so hopefully it doesn't have a subtext and it doesn't steer us without us realizing it. So, full disclosure, I am avidly voting PPC. Much of this conversation tonight will be around the case for PPC, actually. But I do so with the integrity and respect needed. I absolutely am able to sit down and have conversations for a conservative vote or a liberal vote. I think in this election, at least my perspective, is they're not really... At least the case is not as good to be made for those. But nonetheless, I can own my perspective, and that is what it is. Hopefully, I can give you guys the tools and the information to form a well-rounded and educated perspective of your own with your own values and priorities in mind. Before we get into policy and whatnot, we should first look at the timeline and, and why we're going into an election now. The federal election happened not too long ago. We are not due timeline-wise for one quite yet, though it's well within their power to call one. You have to ask yourself why now, two years into a pandemic, fear is largely waning. Most people are pretty over it, for lack of a better word. And now the Liberal minority government calls a snap election. Common sense would say that they are probably looking at this as a diminishing return, almost. They probably realize that there's going to be impacts borne out by the public very soon. We're already seeing inflation hitting record levels, despite the government more or less denying that. And... Truth be told, the Liberals probably have a trick up their sleeve. Keep in mind, they still have emergency authority. We could be tossed into another lockdown. I don't know if that would necessarily fare well for them, but effectively, there's an abundant level of power at their fingertips with, again, no real checks and balances. So this next month is going to be a roller coaster for sure. Certainly expect that the Liberals may have overplayed their hand by the looks of the polling, they or they just expect that the next few months would naturally be unkind to them anyway, or they have a trick up their sleeve, or, or really any amalgamation of the three. The Conservative Party has been very outspoken and clear that they do not want an election. Now, it's predicted that it's largely financial. They, their coffers are not nearly as robust right now. But uh, truth be told, I don't think their polling numbers are looking really favorable either at this point. So it's likely a combination of a new leader not really prepared or ready, certainly doesn't have the party support that they would like, and 
the finances not quite being ready and and just all around the sentiment is not favorable for them as well which leaves it ripe for finally an in real introduction to a third or fourth party to the big leagues really and i i think that works out really well that's a perfect time because when you look at the platforms conservatives and liberals really don't differ all that much and and we as canadians are kind of forced into this choice of the lesser of two evils and we'll we'll get in further into policy in a little bit but we we as canadians really do tend to vote out not in for the last handful of elections that i can even remember that's always been the sentiment we voted out Stephen Harper in favor of Justin Trudeau, and we voted out Jacques Crushian in favor of Stephen Harper. It's it's always just a changing of the guard, and nobody really votes in for what they want. We're a reactionary society instead of being proactive. But hopefully we're seeing that culture kind of be left behind. I know I'm in a bit of an echo chamber in the people I surround myself in, and then social media certainly curates these silos of ideologies. But I try to reach out to people, and I'm not necessarily withheld in my in my political speak outside of my silos. I, I generally am not afraid to touch on the topics that most people wouldn't. I have no problem making people uncomfortable or having a critical perspective and and an open conversation with people that disagree with me. I am not above listening to perspectives I disagree with. I think we desperately need it. So I I do a fair bit in my everyday. And I, I do see this point where people are getting fed up with the culture of voting out and and the two party system in a whole is really just falling apart from my perspective. People are, are disillusioned with it, and they really don't know. A lot of there's a lot of defeatism. There's a lot of people just giving up, and and thinking that they really don't have a voice. And you can't really blame people for feeling that way. It's a product of the two party system where you're voting out, not in. There's no real representation ever. It's it's just not there. So. Next, we can look at what, what will be the talking point. What is going to be the, the pinnacle issue for this election? And it's, it's funny if you watch mainstream media on either side, left or right. But if you, if you look at it, most people aren't even talking about it. They, they will bring up, some will touch on inflation or housing prices, jobless rate. But it's, no one's talking freedom. And there's nobody I, I've talked to that doesn't have a vested interest in the policy in regards to freedom, to lockdowns. I know liberal small business owners, and I know tradesmen that are hardcore conservative, and it, it matters just as much to both of them. And everybody has been affected by either, depending where you line up, maybe you think it's an appropriate amount of reach, and if you line up similar to me, it's it's a drastic overreach of government powers over the last two years. 
it's the number one issue. And conservatives aren't touching it. Liberals don't want to highlight it at all because it's really been a bit of a failure on their part. Conservatives not wanting to touch it mostly because they really didn't push back. And to some degree, I don't blame them. We need to give a little bit of room for error and overreaction when facing drastic things. I think a little bit of grace is is warranted there. However, two years in, a, a reasonable opposition should have been mounted by now. And you're seeing quite the opposite. You're seeing conservative parties kicking out members that speak out, both provincially and federally. Anyone that speaks out is either censored or removed. And they, they certainly don't want to highlight their failures, at least in the eyes of their base. I, I think you're seeing a play with the Conservatives. They Ever since the leadership election where O'Toole won, by a slim margin, I should say, he played to the social Conservative side trying to peel votes away from Derek Sloan, and it somewhat worked. But anyone who follows conservative politics knows day one he abandoned all of it. He clearly is pandering to the, s- the center-left, trying to split votes off the liberals. And you know what? I can't say I blame him from a political standpoint. I have massive objections for my values and, and my ethics. He misrepresented what he would do and who he would represent. But there is political currency in trying to split some of the left into your more center-right goalpost. He's certainly not right at this point. He's more center, if not center-left. And more people probably should have seen that coming. But nonetheless, this is where we're at. And, And he's certainly trying to grab liberal votes. So in that, he won't he won't push back against lockdowns because it's largely a, a success point in the liberal camp. So it, it really makes the top two parties treat freedom and, and anything against lockdowns. Liberals, they're, they can't touch it anyway because it's their own policy. But it's effectively kryptonite for the big two. They can't talk about it because it, it won't bode well with them. And that leaves really... The PPC, the only ones speaking out against lockdowns and against this medical apartheid that seems to be clouding over us, where you're you're seeing things that were promised to never come here. We all knew it would come. Again, thank your local conspiracy theorist at this point. But you're seeing mandates rolling out, and it's it's a soft roll. It's going to be forced to an extent with exemptions and you're going to see the the tightening of that belt loop slowly but the only ones who have always stood in this in the firm camp of we're not doing this has been the people's party of canada and to their own detriment in some cases maxime bernier was literally arrested for attending a protest with a, a dozen people that he he's so committed he's willing to put himself in that position if only to talk to a dozen people if that doesn't tell you where 
somebody's values are and, and their commitment to it. I, I, it's, I can't explain it any simpler than that. They have unwaveringly kept their convictions throughout it all. They haven't flip-flopped like any of the other two parties. You've already, you can follow Aaron O'Toole for a day and you'll see him flip-flop. You've seen him campaign for leadership on defunding the liberal media corporation, the CBC. And just today, he's now talking, well, by, by defund, I actually just meant audit. We should really take a good look at them. But I don't know if we should maybe defund them. And surely you're seeing this because he has to pander to them to, to have any favorable or neutral even election coverage. But it, it speaks to their lack of moral fortitude. They can't stand by anything to save their life. So you can't really trust anything they say. At least with the PPC and Max and Bernier, you know where they stand. You, you may disagree on an issue or two. And that's, that's fine. There's room for disagreement. There's plenty of room at the table. But we're at a point where this election really is down to, to freedom versus authority. And really, I mean, that's, that's what kind of birthed me wanting to do this podcast even, was we're in a climate where it's gotten to be so bad that people are looking to make an impact any way they can. Myself, I started this. I, I started working with the PPC. I, I'm helping my candidate run in any way I can at this point because my values don't allow me to sit by and hope for the best or sit by and just accept failure. And that's really what it comes down to. And I, I think a lot of people share that perspective. They understand that it really is about being left behind or or rolled over. And I just... The buck stops now. We, we should have taken a stand a long time ago. There were easier fights to pick. But if we don't take this one, there what's next? Is it going to be the last trench before we start fighting? Because I tell you now, it's easier to fight from the first trench than it is the fifth. And it's still easier to fight from the third trench than it is the fifth. Because if we get to that last trench, we're not going to have enough of a resistance to make any impact. So at some point, people have to... It really gets to the point, we need to not be pragmatic. We need to be that hope-filled child who just... Reality and reason doesn't always have to apply. Yes, the PPC may be a long shot for federal leadership, and that's just a shot we have to accept. Because at this point, it's not even about federal leadership. With Justin Trudeau and Aaron O'Toole, you basically have more or less the same leadership. That's pretty much finite. So it really doesn't matter which one of them win. You're going to end up with the same policies. You're going to have vaccine passports, as both of them have come out with. You're going to have continued lockdowns, as both of them have suggested. You may have a little bit of fiscal differences. So with that in mind, and really understanding when, for somebody like me, where freedom is crucial, you really have nothing to lose. And you have everything to gain. So if we don't win federal election, 
we end up with the same leadership regardless anyway. But say we don't win federal election and we end up getting 20 seats. That is 20 people at the table that cannot be silenced and cannot be ignored. And that is 20 times where we're at now. Sorry, 19. We still have, we currently have one. But we desperately need people at the table. We need a voice of reason inside that can't be ignored. We see with our conservatives that they will silence and remove people that speak out. So if you're against any of this stuff, you simply cannot be appropriately represented by conservatives. Because even if your representative wanted to represent you in that way, the party won't let them. It's follow this dogma or get out. And that's just not how democracy is supposed to work. Regardless of what your your member thinks of any of the policies, they have an obligation and a duty to represent their constituents. And they can't, they couldn't if they wanted to. Most of them don't even want to. I know myself trying to deal with Karen, Karen Vecchio. I can't even get her to respond to an email. Lord willing, maybe she'd do an interview with me. I, I have some tough questions for her, certainly. I, I would be fair. But they just don't even listen. And if they wanted to, you see other politicians, they'll, get, they'll be kicked right out of caucus. So it's imperative to push and push hard for the PPC if you value these fundamental freedoms. Because you need an adult in the room and you need an adult whose voice cannot be silenced. And maybe we get 20 seats this year. But coming from one seat to 20 is an insane bump up. And it's just paving the way to a real, real possible groundswell. And maybe it's 20 seats this cycle. Next cycle, maybe we're 120. Maybe we're 200. Maybe we, maybe we take it all. Once people realize it's not a stigma, it's not, it's not terrible to vote PPC, to, that the tactics of last election, the smear campaigns trying to label everyone racist, misogynistic, Islamophobic, they, they were disingenuous, but effective last cycle. This cycle, nobody see, nobody's buying it. And it's a good thing people have, have learned how manipulative the media can be and how wrong and just outright lies they can push. As for the, the most reasonable argument, and, and perhaps I saved the best for last, but it's, it's an issue I really want to try and comprehensively cover because for the PPC... And the Conservative Party, it's, it's really a valid concern and one that I don't think people fully appreciate. I think the people that voice the concern of vote splitting are half informed. It's, it, you have to be pretty savvy to understand the impacts of vote splitting. So I don't wish to dismiss anyone as naive because you're not it is the probably the only valid concern for 
not to vote for the PPC. I think this election specifically, it's not valid. But I understand the argument, and and the principle is valid. So please don't don't think that I'm coming at you if you hold these perspectives. I, I should preface the fact that I'm currently still a card-carrying member of the Conservative Party. I joined in 2020 when we saw the riots happening in the States, and I got tired of my values and, and voice being vilified just because I have values that don't line up with all of the nonsense going on in the world. And, and that was the turning point for me where I decided I had to I had to get active and, and have a real voice in it. I participated in the 2020 leadership election. To my concern, I, I did not vote for Aaron O'Toole whatsoever. He uh, would have been number three on my ranked choice, uh, only, only in front of Peter McKay. Thank God we did not get that man. But uh, yeah, my, my first two votes were Leslin Lewis and Derek Sloan. I respect both of them, though I have differences on some policies. I, I genuinely respect them both and wish Derek well in his new party. And I, I wish Leslin Lewis a potential future with the People's Party because it's quite clear that the conservatives are threatened by her and she is being left out to dry. They have parked her in a rural riding where she is not favorable. They have literally put her out to pasture, and it's it's a shame. She's a strong, independent, smart woman, and I hope she realizes that the conservatives don't respect her or line up with her values. But I digress. I am and have been a conservative for a long time, but as of late, the, the party has left me behind leaving me no choice but to reassess my values and my and where I place my loyalties. And in doing so, I, I did my research with the People's Party. And I can be honest, last cycle, I bought the narrative that was spun. He was Mad Max. He was a wild, radical, and, and the very Trump-esque personification... It really landed, and I, I can own the fact that it, it got me. It fooled me. I was wrong. It, I was, I've changed many of my perspectives after I've realized how misrepresented much of the media is on Trump and People's Party, Maxine. I, I think that now the comparison to Trump was not only disingenuous to Maxine, but also to Donald Trump. I think both of them have objectionable points. I, I, I think largely they are overblown and my values line up more importantly on key issues and not potentially controversial secondary or tertiary issues. So that led me to the People's Party and I come at it from a place of being a card-carrying member. So... The, the idea of vote splitting, because... And, and it really comes down to people don't want Justin Trudeau as Prime Minister again. And conservatives all see that the only option here is to vote for Aaron O'Toole. Though that is statistically correct, 
if your whole purpose is you hate Justin Trudeau, and I say that as the name, I'm, I'm going to be very clear about the fact that the policies between the two are so identical that for all argument's sake, we're not going to differentiate because on the key things, they are in lockstep. So it really is, do you hate Justin Trudeau, his name, enough to vote for his policies under somebody else's name? And I, I look at Trudeau's policies and now his rapid ramp up of vaccine passports and they're even floating the idea of interprovincial passports unless you're in your own car which in my eyes legally is in direct contravention of the charter rights as we all have protected right to freely travel within our country so do you hate his name enough to vote for it under another name. And I, I honestly can understand when people say yes. I get that it's easy to just be like, look, I need them out, and I don't care what it costs me. But I, I, it's so much deeper than that, and I really wish people would sit down with that and really digest it. And it's to the point where you will willingly vote for a candidate that supports a vaccine passport. And I'm I'm presuming most people listening to this are going to line up in the against column when it comes to vaccine passports or mandatory vaccines. I, I think I'm in a bit of a silo, and, and that's fine. But I will presume that most of you listening line up that way. So if you're in that camp and you're worried about vote splitting, are you so worried about Justin Trudeau winning that you will literally vote for somebody who supports the same policies that would effectively segregate and oppress you? And I don't mean to oversimplify it. It is a very nuanced thing. But when you boil it right down, that's really what it is. It's it's almost a form of Stockholm Syndrome where... You have two captors at that point, and you almost buddy up to one because he's a little bit nicer to deal with than the other. They're both holding you hostage. They're both threatening you, but one's just a little bit nicer. And for me, I'm not willing to sell my values out just for somebody I hate a little bit less. I I shouldn't use the word hate. I, I certainly don't hate Justin Trudeau as... I have many objections. I, I think he probably has a few cases that should potentially land him in jail. But I don't hate the man. I, I understand the sentiment, though. But I don't, I don't just want him out. I want to be represented. And I just, it's not there with the conservatives at this point. So, voting for PPC, value-wise and ideologically... It's just the only real option if I want to stay true to my beliefs. But not just that. It's, like I said before, we, we need adults in the room. We need a voice and representation. And in my writing, it actually looks pretty promising. Our candidate has a real good shot at, at overtaking the conservatives here. From initial polling, we're seeing numbers we never expected. And that's amazing. And so if we're seeing that in one riding, 
I can't imagine what this country is like. There's more people awake to this nonsense than people realize. And I think the conservatives and liberals alike really gain something off people really thinking there's no hope. There's no option. And and I really want to break that narrative down because it's just not true. Everyone I've talked to shares the, either the identical thoughts I do or they have concerns they don't want Trudeau but they don't they they don't feel right voting PPC because it's a vote split. And it's just we need if everyone who argued against vote splitting, which is a disingenuous argument, but just everyone I've talked to that brings that up, if those people just voted PPC, PPC would walk a minority government right off that. So it's ideologically people are on board. People support the PPC, but do they hate Trudeau more than they are true to their values? And I, I really hope to drive that point home. And the other the other side of the vote split argument is it's not really a vote split if the party just doesn't represent you at all. If If it's gotten like me to the point where it's a shell of what it was, it's an illusion of what people thought it was, it's not going to get my vote anyway. They, they simply do not represent me whatsoever. I, I can't even talk to my, my representative. Karen Vecchio will not answer my messages. Jeff Yerk, my MPP, answered one message and then has me... I, I'm certain he's got me blocked at this point just because I ask tough questions. And I do it in an articulate and constructive way. I'm not, I'm not outwardly rude. I'm firm but I'm not outwardly disrespectful because I, I want a constructive conversation. But these people cannot do it. There's there's not an ability to deal with anyone that's just not in line with them. And that's just not what a representative democracy is. These people are supposed to represent you. They, they are supposed to hear your concerns whether they agree with them or not. And the conservatives... <laughs> They're the ones that split the vote. They're the ones who have abandoned us. And it's just not it's just not in me to to cast my vote for somebody who could be the reason I have no job, who could be the reason I'm not allowed at the theater, at a restaurant. I cannot support that. And and I really just want to drive that fact home. And and people don't seem to grasp it is that whatever's going to come through this, it's happening, whether it's conservative or liberal. The question is, do you want your voice in the room? Do you want a seat at the table to mount some form of resistance? And in a normal election year, if, if there was a difference in, if a substantial difference in policy, the vote split argument might be valid. Maybe the conservatives are a little more middle ground because they're certainly not going to be decently right. They're currently a little left of center, but maybe you've got the liberals pretty far left. You've got conservatives pretty center and you've got PPC right of center. Okay, maybe the case then could be made. Okay, are you going to do damage by, by siphoning off votes? And at the same time, I fully respect people's right to, to voice their discontent however they see fit. But that's not the scenario we're in. We're not in a scenario where there is middle ground. 
we literally have two options, and it's freedom or authority. And lastly, the the spinoff effects of, of a PPC groundswell, and that is for my conservative friends who, if the conservative party start to really appreciate the PPC as a genuine threat, they will have no choice but to start taking their base seriously. Taking the, the socially conservative, the economically conservative, and and just general libertarians, the, the people who just want freedom, small government, and leave me alone, they're going to have no choice but to take them seriously if they want to remain relevant. And in their kowtowing to the left... They are leaving so much right and center right behind that they're really creating an exposure point because they're never going to out-left the liberals. So you really have a finite number of votes you can split off from them. Meanwhile, they're they're hemorrhaging votes to the PPC and, and the, the, the further right of center, or even just relatively right of center. I don't want to misplace where the PPC is. They're, they're there for everyone, really, as long as you support freedom and individual liberty. Like, you do you, and I'll do me. I don't really want the government to tell you what you need to do, and I hope that you don't want to tell the government to tell me how to live my life. But they really are alienating so many people, and it's going to take a moment like this where they have to realize they're losing their base at a much bigger number than they're gaining liberal base. And once they see that, it will force them to either accept it and accept that they're going left, or they refocus and try to reground themselves, perhaps with a new leader and a, and a new focus on the spectrum. And I look at today's climate, and it's like, this is the perfect time to, ha to have that come-to-Jesus moment for them, to force them to be introspective a little more. Because, like I said, we, we really have nothing to lose. You're going to get much the same policies with either party. So it's, it's a win-win the way I see it is you have a vote for the PPC, not only will shake the cage, rattle some sabers among the conservative leadership, but you also stand by your values and freedom. And it, to me, and I'm completely blinded at this point with my bias, but I can accept that. It's, it really is to me as simple as that. And that is just how firm I am in my convictions, perhaps, that my convictions are so firm that I, I just can't see past, I can't logically understand any alternative point. I try to, I'm happy to listen to it, but so far a case has not been made that I can support or I can follow logically in line with my values I don't see it and and hopefully this discussion can help other people see just how clearly I see it and understand that if there was ever a time to throw your weight behind a candidate that may be a Hail Mary but you still got to throw that Hail Mary it's the perfect time and you have really little to lose. So let's do this. Let's raise our voice for freedom. Let's push back against an establishment that has just left us behind and abused us. And with that, 
that will probably wrap up this week's hot take. I will uh, try to cover some more policy issues next week, and we'll we'll get a ground level assessment of where we're at, how the polling's looking. In the meantime, I hope you guys all stay well. And if I missed anything, if you have any objections or questions you'd like me to cover. My email will be in the show notes. Feel free to reach out with questions, complaints, or concerns. And if this has swayed you to consider the PPC, reach out on social media. You can follow me on Instagram or Twitter. If you've got questions, you want to get in touch with somebody in your riding, or did I get something wrong? Do you do you have a valid argument to, to rebut me with? I'm absolutely willing to give you a place to, to voice that. I'm, I'm happy to accept a intellectual and honest counterpoint. Uh, maybe that's a bit of a challenge. Can you counter that in an honest way? Maybe if you can't, that's a, that's a vote of confidence. Anyway, till next time, stay safe and enjoy out there. <laughs>